0: Ever wonder what motivates people to get plastic surgery? Did they regret it? What can we learn from the stories of plastic surgery patients? We're here to explore those questions and get some of those answers with my guest, Tracy Cook, on the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Hello my friends, welcome back and thanks to all the listeners and amazing feedback. We have had so much fun and we look forward to more of your insights and suggestions. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help us get you more amazing content. On the Plastic Surgeon Podcast, we listen to real plastic surgery stories of triumph and pain from real patients and providers to further understand their motivations or why they would risk their life under the knife. I'm Dr. Javad Sajjan, and my guest today is the amazing, fabulous, fantastic Tracy Cook. Thank you. (laughs) We are here to talk to you about your journey, how we came to know each other, the procedure you underwent, and how it affected you. So Tracy is my amazing, super VIP patient. Tracy (laughs) underwent breast augmentation about three months ago. We're going to talk about that, but first, let's get to know Tracy. So Tracy, tell us where you're from.
1: Um, I'm born and raised in Seattle, Washington.
0: And is your family from Seattle? Uh,
1: My family actually moved here from Vietnam.
0: Oh, okay. and then
1: um, it was about six years before I was actually born.
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you went to high school, school, everything around here?
1: Uh, Yeah, I went to high school. I moved around a little bit, just like in a different city to Renton, and then I went to high school there, and then I moved back to around Seattle.
0: Cool. What do your parents do for a living?
1: Um, My dad is really old, so he's retired. Um, Mm -hmm. But he used to be a real estate agent. And my mom actually works um, at the jewelry store, so at the Moth.
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you have siblings?
1: Yeah, I have three older brothers. So Uh I'm the only girl and I'm the youngest, which makes me super spoiled. I was a spoiled (laughs) brat growing (laughs) up. I got everything I wanted. (laughs) But I'm good now. I'm good. There's nothing wrong
0: with that. Um, and what do your brothers do? Are they in school? Or are they working? Um,
1: my brothers all work. They all have like really good full-time jobs and, uh, I'm really proud of them. They've, yeah, no, they've come really far from where, you know, like our family, um, journey and stuff like that.
0: So, so were they, you know, my parents were immigrants. They came mm-hmm. here from yeah, East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had their whole story of coming here poor and building up with no money. Mm-hmm. So your parents, when they immigrated here they, from Vietnam, Mm-hmm. Right, or straight. did they did they come with some resources did family call them? How did they get here?
1: Um, my dad was actually uh, in the uh he fought for the Vietnam in the Vietnam War. and oh. so um the United States, you know, they basically sponsored them to come here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they had a little bit of help. But then again, like, um, it wasn't much. And yeah. so, um, uh, my dad I think he took like night school while doing like janitorial jobs and Mm -hmm, stuff and mm -hmm. um, my mom uh, they also took like English classes and stuff like that Um, and then eventually my dad got uh, went to like I think community college first or something like that Um, and then got his degree and his real estate license and stuff like that and then my mom Worked her way up to be a really good salesperson. I'm really proud of her because she wins mm-hmm. like these, um, these. These trips to, you know, like I think she took us to pay, uh, me and my dad to Panama one day, and it was that's all cool. expense paid trip because she was a top salesperson in her whole company. Awesome, so she is amazing. I love her.
0: Not, I'm not asking for the specific uh, location, but was it, is it a national brand that she works for?
1: Um, she works for Sterling Company, so she ah. works for K Jewelers.
0: Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah.
1: So, if you ever need jewelry, hit me up. i <laughs> hit <with> my
0: mama. <laughs> um. You know, my, I could really relate to that my, my parents came here, my mom worked for Mary Maids Cleaning houses because mm-hmm. they had no money And my dad was a baker at Dunkin' Donuts So he was to cut donuts at night mm-hmm. um, So it's, it's a tough journey when our families come here But they, they provide and give us so much opportunity That yeah. they never had, you know, it means mm-hmm. a lot I'm sure that means a lot to you too Yeah, no,
1: definitely
0: So uh, you went through high school And what are you doing now?
1: Um, I work at a law firm right now.
0: And what do you do there?
1: Um, I work in IP, so intellectual property, like all the trademark and uh, patent prosecution, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm basically working with attorneys and paralegals. Um, it's it's a lot of filing, basically. I would just say that a lot of emailing and filing back and forth with other um, law firms and stuff like that.
0: So, what's your title at the, for the job?
1: It's called IP Transfer and Intake Specialist. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a mouthful, but it, it sounds nice. So,
0: how long have you been doing that?
1: Um, about a li- almost two years. It'll be two years in August. Do you like yeah. it? No, I love it. Like I love the company and stuff like that too. And um, it they treat me really well. So I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else.
0: Awesome. So you went to high school and you went straight to the job after that.
1: Oh no! I went to um, I went to high school and then I graduated from UW in 2019.
0: Oh, you mm-hmm. got a four year degree from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in what?
1: In a uh, political science.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went straight to this job. From yeah.
1: That. Um, it took a lot of uh, applying and telling myself that I'm not good enough. <laughs> and what, then what do you
0: mean not good enough? No,
1: it's just like it's really intimidating. Like the job process after you graduate college, you're just like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing and then you k- keep getting rejected from these jobs and then finally I got like one call back and I was like yes it's all mm. it's all worth it
0: you know political science is one of those majors people do out of a passion but sometimes you know you, you, where do you go from there you know
1: yeah 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 I actually wanted to go into like criminology um mm-hmm. and do uh work for the fbi (laughs) Mm because i really love the show criminal minds so i wanted to like do be behavioral analysis and stuff like that uh but then i took psychology class and i did really bad in it so i was Mm -hmm. like no that's not i don't know if that's (laughs) gonna be my thing um and then but i'm really passionate about like social justice and criminal justice and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so i still wanted to um, eventually work you know with like the a c l u or something like that um, and I was like i'm really i really like arguing with people and so like you don't plitt- you don't
0: seem that plitt- way at all, really no, you seem very nice,
1: okay, but when you get on like my bad side and you mm. start like like, discriminating and just, like, doing all this stuff that is, like, not okay, I will come after you, so.
0: Good thing my surgery went good.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it went <laughs> amazing, so you're good, you're on my good side.
0: <laughs> um, that, that's awesome. So, is Criminal Minds sort of like, like, I've seen um Law & Order SVU, that's, like, the only law, is that similar to oh, that? Oh,
1: it's, it's pretty similar, except it's more, this is more, like, murder and, like, it, it ranges. It's murder. Um, what was it called? Kid, like kidnappings mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. Yeah. Like all types of crime and not just um, like sexual assault and stuff mm. like that that SVU does. But you, it's my favorite show ever. So.
0: That's that sounds awesome. And so you you think your long term plans maybe to go to law school or something like that or not um, really?
1: I'm thinking about that, but my brother's like, you know, I know a lot of broke lawyers. Do you really want to be? Like-? And I was like. You're right. Let me think about that. So
0: that, that's really true. Laws, yeah. Law is intense.
1: It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat. So I kind of just like dipping my feet in um, the law firm. And I really like it right now. I'm trying to become a paralegal, maybe. So
0: mm-hmm. that's cool. And what made you want to have breast augmentation?
1: I've always, I mean, I've always had, like, pretty small breasts, you know? And, like, in high school, like, maybe I'm a late bloomer. (laughs) Maybe, I like, Mm -hmm. you know, my boobs will grow. And then...
0: A a lot of women feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you just felt that you never developed enough?
1: Yeah. And, like, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, like, did you not love yourself before you got Like, no, I loved myself. Like, just because I got breast augmentation doesn't mean I love myself more or less than you know, before Mm -hmm. I just felt like, I just felt like I could do something like it's my body Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if I want to do it, I'll do it. And like, I feel great. So,
0: Mm you Mm -hmm. know. And when you started thinking about breast augmentation, you you felt that you didn't have enough tissue and you thought, you thought there were ways of making that better. Did you have, did you know somebody who had it done before?
1: Um, I actually didn't know personally until um I posted like, Oh, I'm thinking about um getting a breast augmentation and one of my friends actually responded I was like, Hey, my girlfriend actually um got hers done and she got it at real doctor Seattle. Here's his Instagram.
0: Mm, I see. <laughs> and
1: then and then I went, I was like, Oh my god, this is yep, this is my calling.
0: And where did you um post that?
1: Oh, I posted it on Twitter.
0: Really, mm-hmm. uh, and she gave you my name, and then you started doing some research. Mm-hmm. And did you look into other doctors, or not? Not too much.
1: Um, I think I I looked into another doctor, but they only did phone consults, and I wasn't able to come in and try sizers or anything until the three week pre-op before the surgery and i was like hmm. that doesn't really make sense so i went with you so
0: they wanted you to pay and sign up without even knowing they, what
1: they wanted me to um basically yeah basically pay and uh book my surgery before i even came in and tried on sizes or anything and mm. then they would have tried it on at the pre-op and i was like this doesn't seem i don't know
0: so you know a lot of doctors they don't do sizing Mm. They basically decide the size. Mm-hmm. So there's basically two philosophies on sizing. Philosophy number one, I this is not me, but doctors will say, you know what? I am doctor. I will decide what fits you. Mm-hmm. I will measure your chest. I will use this equation and you will get this. And whether you like it or not, too bad. It's mm-hmm. what fits your chest. Mm-hmm. Now, in my view, I think that's wrong. Yeah. And I'll call people out on that. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're going to do that, your patients are going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And those are the places that I think don't get patients anymore. I think it's old school, but there's a lot of new people still doing it because they learn old school techniques. Yeah. So my belief is this, a patient wants an augmentation. It's their right to pick their size. Mm-hmm. Now, the hard part with that is when you let the patient give you a range. And what I do is I let the patient give me a range and I'll measure them and see what I can make work best. But when the patient picks their size, they're happier. They like it more, but the operation's harder. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do a small size implant in any woman. When you go bigger, that's a lot more work. And some people, they don't know how to do it. They can't control their risks and they just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I believe in. And I think that's why our pa- my, you know, my practice, thank God, is so busy or so many patients want to come see me because I try to fit the operation to the patient. Mm-hmm. I don't fit the patient to the operation. Does yeah. that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think what stuck with me the most uh, working with you was because at our initial, um, after the initial sizing, I, cause you told me anatomical and I was like, hmm, I haven't like really heard it or researched much on that. And then I was concerned about it for a little bit, but then I called you again. I was like, Hey, I was thinking about round. And then you told me it. like anatomical would work best with my anatomy, the, uh, my, my amount of breast tissue and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the, but you said, but like, this is my ref uh, recommendation, but I want you to be happy. And mm-hmm. if that's what you want, if you want to do round, you can. You can actually, let's schedule a time for you to come in and look at the round again. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I want you to be happy. And I was like, I love this. Oh, my God.
0: It's <laughs> really true. You know, I put my patients first. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, That's awesome. And so you found my name through your through your friend. And then mm-hmm. did you go on the website? and you, you went on IG, right? You saw the pictures? Yeah,
1: I went, I went through all the pictures. I was like, they look so good i want my boobs to look like that mm-hmm. um and then i went on the website and um i read more about your bio and stuff like that and then i was like yep i'm doing um i'm going to sign up for a consultation right now and it took me like 3 months to get a consultation when mm-hmm. i um when i tried to book one last J- july or june or something it was yeah
0: so why didn't you go somewhere else that was quicker why did you want to wait
1: i in my mind, I was like, I already know this guy is the best, so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna wait for the best. Like, I didn't, I had no doubt about it.
0: Thank you. Do it once and do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And, the, um, and you did research, you found another practice, but you weren't, like you said, you weren't happy with their side. How did you find that other practice?
1: Um, I think it was Real Self. I was on the Real Self app, yeah. And then it had um, just like the local ones around Seattle and Puget Sound and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you came for your consult. We mm-hmm. met and we first I talked with my patients. We go over the different options and we did sizing. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing sizing, how did you decide what size was you liked more? Um. Well, let's tell people first. How how tell them about the sizing process? How did it go?
1: So I think when we first met, you asked me like, oh, what is your, you know, you're sorry. I talk my hands a lot. What is your goal? You know, end result. I was like, I was leaning towards a full C, small, small D. I don't think I ended up when I went full on D. Um, What
0: size were you before surgery?
1: I was like an A cup, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. But now I think I measure like a like roughly 30 double D or triple D something mm-hmm. like that so
0: do you think it's too big
1: no I love it I I have boob greener now I wish I was bigger <laughs> but I would have like fell over you know yes. so much boob but <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so with the sizing my nurse took you back and they have you wear a bra mm-hmm. and in that bra you put different size sizers in there mm-hmm. and then you look in the mirror and feel out what you like and when you were doing that how did you Figure out what you liked more.
1: Um, I definitely took into account that a lot of people just said, you don't want to end up with boob greed. Like if you going towards the bigger number, go for that. I was like, okay, this, this seems like a little small. So I'll just, I'll just knock off the 300. I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um And then 400, Um, I was aiming towards actually like 400 to 450, but then I looked again, I was like 400 CC looked, didn't look as good as 450 CC on me in the mirror. Um, And then she um, gave me 500 CC. I thought that was way too big. Mm -hmm. um so but then she asked for the range i was like oh but i really like 450 and she said, oh you just have to give the doctor the range so i gave you the range for 450 to 500 cc Mm -hmm. and that was when you said oh perfect like perfect range i was like really and then you said 495 cc i was at first i was like that's a scary number and Mm -hmm. i had i had because like researching and stuff I saw a lot of 350 400 you know those are easy those those are
0: little slam dunks
1: (laughs) and um and then I I realized that or your nurses told me that you lose pretty much like 25 50 or something like that going under the muscle and like what I saw on the sizers weren't as accurate because again they're they're uh, over my Mm -hmm. like actual like breasts you know Mm -hmm. so they'll look a little bigger than um you know what is actually inside my body Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then i was like yeah no i trust this i trust him he -hmm. went to he went to med school i didn't like
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, so then when i measure so i got the range from the nurse and then Mm -hmm. i measured you and when i measure i measure the width of the chest i i measure the width of the chest i measure the distance from the nipple to the fold I measure the distance from the sternum to the nipple. And we put all those together to find something in your size that works. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about implant placement, you can go two places, above or below the muscle. Now, I think when you put implants above the muscle, they end up looking like rocks in a sock. You ever seen rocks in a sock? Mm -hmm. It's bad. (laughs) And so that's why I don't do it. Now, above the muscle heals a little bit quicker. However, long term... There's a higher risk, in my opinion, of capsular contracture or rejection. There's a higher risk, and there's more sagging and ptosis. Now, below the muscle, initially, it's more painful.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh How, yeah! Yes. Well. <laughs> so let's
0: talk about that. So surgery day came. You mm-hmm. must have been hyped. Yeah. Day surgery day came,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we went and we helped you do the. Um, Surgery so day came and then we went for surgery. How was that day? Were you excited?
1: I was really excited, but I was also very anxious just because I've never been under any type of um, anesthesia at all. Um so you not never I, had
0: a surgery before?
1: No. Uh, the only thing I really went to the hospital for was to get my dislocated elbow popped back in. <laughs>
0: How did that happen?
1: Um, I was in gymnastics in high school and I did a back handspring and it just popped while I was. On my arms,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, that, that not. It hurt. Yeah, no, it definitely hurt. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, not even for like wisdom teeth. I don't have wisdom teeth, apparently. I don't know. So, yeah, that was my first time really in a serious setting like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And people often ask me, so, doc, I haven't had anesthesia before. Should I, are you going to get a test for me? Mm-hmm. So, this is how we determine that. If you're a young, healthy person, young being for us, less than 50, who has no medical problems, then your medical history and physical examination that we do is what we need. Mm -hmm. And we are comfortable moving forward with that. And one of the reasons for that is is because the anesthesia drugs we use are so safe. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's red flags, like for example, if your family has a history of having bad reactions to anesthesia, if you have a history of a heart issue, lung issue, asthma, sleep apnea, then we order additional testing. But for a young, healthy person who has no medical issues, that person doesn't need any workup before surgery. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, no. And so we did the surgery. You were hyped. It went amazing That during the operation. And then you, um, you went, do you, you remember waking up in the surgery center?
1: I, I do remember waking up in, a, I think they wheeled me out, but um I was crying, I'm pretty sure. I was crying about how much I loved my best friend. Really? <laughs> so, Quinn, if you're listening, I love you, girl. <laughs> Thanks for driving me at, like, I think she drove me at, like, five in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then when did you start feeling the pain?
1: I think it really started to settle in, like, when I got home maybe an hour or two later. It was when I was like, oh, man, like, this is serious serious pain and it Mm -hmm. felt like an elephant sitting on my chest if i were to ever experience an elephant sitting on my chest i think that that is what it would feel like
0: (laughs) and we gave you oxy for pain did you take that yeah
1: i took all of it like i i think i needed i definitely needed that did it help you it helped but i wish there was something stronger because i could still feel like if that was what it felt like after the Oxy and other medication, I do not want to know what it felt like without medication. Mm. Like it was, I would not wish that pain on my worst enemy, but it was worth it.
0: So. Not even your worst enemy?
1: Not even my worst enemy. What, what about your haters? No, because I'm a nice person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so during the surgery, I do a lot of numbing. Mm-hmm. So... That's why typically people won't feel pain for about four to six hours after. So that's why you probably felt it more and more when the numbing wore off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the oxy does help, but you're right. It doesn't take away all the pain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did you look at your breast at all that day?
1: Um, I think just like in the mirror a little bit. I like didn't take anything off, but just seeing that I kind of had cleavage now at this point, mm-hmm. I got super excited. Um, but I kind of just left it alone for the most part that day. Cause I think I was more focused on trying to get rid of the pain. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And then you came for your post-op. Mm-hmm. How were things getting better by then as far as the discomfort?
1: Um, I think, I think my post-op was, what was that? Monday. So I think that was actually getting getting bad Mm. i think like the third and fourth day were probably the worst days in pain level and then i think by a week and a half to two weeks was really when it was like okay like i'm feeling kind of normal and getting my um range of motion back
0: how did you feel when you saw your new breast for the first time
1: I was so excited. I w- I I like looked down instead of seeing the floor straight away, I saw boobs there. So it was it was it, like I I didn't think like I didn't think I could get better until I saw my boobs. I was like, "Wow, I'm like so powerful now that I have boobs." <laughs> mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel it gave you more confidence.
1: I, yeah i see that's the thing is i don't know if i would because i was already pretty confident before mm-hmm. but i just think this just gave me a boost of some like pre-workout or something like like mm-hmm. now i can't stop taking pictures now i'm going out and doing photo shoots and stuff so. what are you
0: doing photo shoots for
1: like i've been doing like bordeaux photo shoots oh, cool. and stuff like that yeah. and i'm like I finally have like lingerie I can like fit my boobs in Mm -hmm. now You know so
0: Do you feel people look at you different now?
1: Um I think I've always been super transparent About things that I get done Mm -hmm. So I feel like Having breasts now Kind of matches my big personality If that Mm -hmm. makes sense Like like, at first, when I had small breasts, I was like, oh, she's cute. Yeah, Tracy, so cute. And then now mm-hmm. it's like, damn, Tracy, like, yeah, yeah, you know. Mm. <laughs>
0: so, who, who says that, damn Tracy? Who is who says, Oh, I
1: just imagine people would mm. say that when they see me, you know.
0: Yes, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, are you dressing differently now?
1: I've definitely bought a lot more revealing clothes with the cleavage and just, like, stuff that i normally wouldn't fill and like avoided buying from Mm -hmm. um just because i had no breasts to like wear them you know so
0: are you happier when you look in the mirror
1: yes i would say so yeah no i i honestly didn't think i could love myself more than i did before but then i looked in the mirror and i saw these and i was like yep
0: (laughs) so sometimes people say you know what that you're doing implants because you don't love yourself and you just told me you did love yourself mm-hmm. before. So how would you respond to somebody who says, you know what? I want this, but people are going to think that I don't love my body. or love myself. What would you tell that person?
1: Um, I would say like how I dealt with this was that I love myself and my body enough to do whatever I want with it, you know, and um, I think that it's it's okay to to want to do plastic surgery on yourself, you know, as long as, you know, I mean, I'm still the same person. My character is the same as I was before, you know, and I think. I think self-love comes, um, in a lot of different, uh, different, different ways. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that yeah, how to explain it? Like
0: people lo- express love differently to yeah. them- about themselves and mm-hmm. towards others.
1: Exactly. And it's, I don't think that just because you got something done on your body, it doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. Like,
0: mm-hmm So, you know, this is something I think about when people say plastic surgery is superficial, bad, all this nonsense that I think. um, How is surgery different versus getting lashes done, getting hair done? I mean, the wrists are always different.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What do you, what would you say? What do you think about that?
1: I mean, if people want to say like, oh, if you didn't love yourself or you you didn't love yourself before you got your Ebola done, then they could say the same as people who pay to get, you know, lashes, you know, flash extensions. Like you didn't love your lashes before, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, I think it's, it's the same. Like you're doing something to your body because you want to. And because you love the way you look with it, you Mm -hmm.
0: know? And you know, now some like cultures, like, you know, I'm, I'm, although I'm from East Africa, you know, my ethnically, my family is Indian, and some cultures have things about surgery and stuff like that. So, you're Vietnamese, as mm-hmm. you said. Did your parents know about this, or what did they say? Uh,
1: so so funny story. Um, I actually told my sister-in-law first, um, because she she has seen me at my wildest. She's comfortable with you know my mm-hmm. personality. Versus my really conservative family that's like, what went wrong with her, you know? (laughs) Uh, But uh, my sister-in-law, I trust her with everything. Like, I tell her secrets. Like, I only grew up with three older brothers, you know? I had no, like, sister to talk to. Mm -hmm. So, I told her one night when I was really drunk, I was like, hey... Um, I'm really drunk. I have something to tell you. She's like, "Oh, do you need me to pick you up?" I'm like, "No, I'm getting my boobs done." I just you, really, called, you called her. I texted her. I was mm. like, "I'm getting my boobs done," and like, I'm not telling my brothers, obviously, but I'm telling you because I trust you and I love you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when I actually got my surgery date, well, what, what did
0: she say at that? Did she call? She you? She was really
1: supportive. She's like, "Wow, really? My, I wish I had your boobs. Like, I cannot handle these." how big they are i was like okay we'll trade then Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she was really supportive um and then uh, when i did get my surgery date booked um i told her like hey can i uh, stay with you and my brother for a week can you guys since you guys work from home can you guys you know take Mm -hmm. care of me um and then that was when i gave her the okay to like oh tell my brother at that point since He's obviously gonna take care of me too. And he was really cool to, about it too. Like <clears throat> he di- yeah, he didn't really say much. Um and then um, and then I guess my oldest brother found out and he was trying to talk me out of it, I think. <clears throat> so I got the heads up from my sister-in-law, and she was like, Hey, by the way, blah, blah, blah knows about your boob job. Um he wants to take you out to dinner and talk about it. I was like, mm-hmm. and so my brother texted me and I was like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm busy. I can't go to dinner with you, which was like the day before my surgery. So he couldn't talk me out of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my parents, my I actually told my mom the day of my surgery after it happened because my mentality was, it's better ask for forgiveness than mm-hmm. permission. Mm-hmm. Um, But then, I, because I FaceTimed her, I wish I recorded it. I FaceTimed her, I was like, hey mom. She's like, what? I was like, so I got my boobs done. She's like, what about your boobs? I was like, I got them done. Mm. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I got my boobs done. And she's like, obviously I'm translating this from Vietnamese, but it's so much funnier in Vietnamese. She said, oh my God, what? did you do? (laughs) And then, and then, cause I've, I've always been very outgoing and just Mm -hmm. rebel. I wouldn't say rebellious, but my parents are really concerned. You would not think I came from my parents. (laughs) Um, And when I got like piercings and tattoos, they were just like, my mom was like, I gave birth to you so perfect and you just ruin it with piercings and tattoos. Mm. And so this was this was the mentality that, you know, she had going on in her head. But then she FaceTimed me again later and was like, "I I am so mad at you. Like, I, but I love you, but I'm so mad, but I love you. And then so then she ended up being really supportive and asking me like, were telling me, hey, you know, like, be careful, tell your brother to pick, like, grab things for you, blah, 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 like, don't mess up your implants, and she actually... Drove me to one of my post stops too, mm-hmm. so that was exciting
0: did they any of them ask about my name like who is this person doing it or no did they trust you? no they
1: I think they trust me especially since I already got it done so I can't really like <laughs> rewind the time and they can so they can approve of you doing it um yeah no what,
0: what did your dad say
1: uh my my dad actually didn't say anything my mom was the one that told my dad because I was like, mom, you told dad. She was like, Well, what am I supposed to say? You're gone for a week at your brother's. I had to tell your dad about your surgery. I live with my parents, so mm-hmm. then I um I went to my my brother's um because my mom would be at work, and obviously I don't want my dad to take, you know, mm-hmm. in that state. Um, but he kind of just didn't say anything. Even when I got home a week later, he was like, Hey, nice to see you. I'm like, Hey, and I just went straight to my room. Um, but then he would ask me to do stuff around the house, like within the one month mark where I'm not supposed to like lift stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, dad, like I can't lift anything. I had surgery. He's like, Oh, okay, then I'll I'll do it. It's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So Are you so, pretty yeah. close to your dad?
1: Um uh, no, not really. <laughs>
0: Who are you closer to, your mom or your dad?
1: My mom. Yeah. No, I'm my mom's best friend. Yeah.
0: Hey, why would you say you're not as okay. close to your dad?
1: Um, I don't know. I guess I just can't relate to him mm-hmm. on like a girl level, you know? Mm-hmm. And like my mom is a lot more understanding. That's why I was okay with telling her about my breast job or my, my breast augmentation. Um, but yeah.
0: Well, if you're looking back at your journey now, if there was one piece of advice you could give someone who wants to do this, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I would I would say just do it, like Nike, just do it. Um, I really I think it's changed my life for the better. I don't have any regrets at all. Um, it's definitely something that. You need to research to the best of your ability, um, and make sure you this is something you're a hundred percent about, and um, and just go for it because you never know it'll change your life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your kind words so much about me. But sometimes when we look back at our journeys, we'll think, "Hey, I could do it. Could have done this differently." Is there anything? you wish you would have done differently than the way you did it?
1: Um, Maybe like, uh, no, no, I can't think of any. Were,
0: were you going to say go bigger?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say go big. <laughs> go big or go home. That was my mentality. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about sizing, I mean, I'll just touch on that. What's a cup size? And that's always debatable, Mm -hmm. right? So I would say on average, about 290 cc's, depending on who you ask, and the type of implant is about one cup uh, on top of what you have. But when you measure, it's different everywhere. Mm -hmm. When women go to Nordstrom and get measured, it's a lot smaller than when they go to Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. So your double D size is... I,
1: because I looked, I obviously Googled how to, you know, mm -hmm. measure your bra size. And they said it's... um, the the band size the difference between your band size and like the actual bus size Mm -hmm. and my band size now is 30 um and then it's 36 is the bus size Mm -hmm. um so the six inches would make it technically like a triple d Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's still i think it's still a little like still needs settling to do Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so we're definitely gonna measure it again soon
0: Mm -hmm. awesome Thank you so much for being our guest today, Tracy. I have learned a lot from you. I know your experience and journey will teach our listeners what to expect as they start their own cosmetic and plastic surgery journeys. I appreciate your time and I'm honored to have you as a patient and I would say as a good friend. Thanks for listening to the Plastic Surgeon Podcast and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts for more great content. For my live surgeries and Snapchat and adventures throughout the week, catch us on all social media at Real Dr. Seattle. Bam, what?